0: the car guys report is up next but first take a listen to this other fine Opie show
1: this week on minutia Men's celebrity interview we talk with field of dreams actor Tire <laughs> bro he, he was john kinsella now yeah, you don't want to miss it because <laughs> anyone who loves that movie is going to want to hear minutia Men, celebrity interview and Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.
2: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive thanks so much for taking us along for the ride certainly glad to have you along here on the car guys report i'm mark vernon along with uh, lou costable and uh we always like to start uh, each uh, program here with uh just uh, kind of what's been going on in our uh, car world uh, as of late and uh, lou i got a couple of uh little interesting tidbits to uh, tell you about i went to a um an event at an independent uh, auto repair facility yesterday celebrating their 30th year in business. They are a uh, Saab and Volvo uh, specialty place. So, lo and behold, 55 Saabs and Volvos showed up, which was a very nice turnout. The weather was absolutely perfect. And it was about, uh, I was trying to figure out, it looked like the Volvos outnumbered the Saabs about 60 to 40. Uh, A lot of neat Neat stuff. Uh, I had my '96 uh, there. There was uh, two other '96s, and then uh, mainly the Sobs were later model '900s. There was 199, and then a whole bunch of different uh, Volvos. And the thing that I found interesting was the 140 and 240 series Volvos, which are the ones that people are most accustomed to here in the states because they're the the, the ones that sold the most here. The real just the three box design, the real boxy Volvo. Um, they're getting popular with the younger crowd. And I would call them the tuner crowd because there was a a good handful of those cars there that were um, being driven by younger uh, owners. And when I say younger, I'm probably saying under 30, maybe 30. Uh, 35 max uh, age, and very some of them are really highly tuned. They're putting uh, big turbos on them, uh, lowering the suspension, putting cool rims on them, and it's just cool to see that uh, those cars are are getting kind of a rekindled interest, I think because they're, A, they're plentiful, relatively speaking, and they're relatively inexpensive. Uh, if you, especially if you buy one with the intention of tuning it up, then you can get one that might be somewhat clapped out because you're going to be doing a lot of mechanical work to it, but I, they're also very durable cars, so they can take a lot of uh, hammering and pounding, and, and they're the kind of cars too that, you know, they were basically totally under-stressed uh, from the factory, so you can sit there and totally boost the power on them and, 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 and do things, and you're not going to worry about blowing up your engine or launching your gearbox or something like that, so it was cool to see that. It was very exciting. And also, too, Lou, we got uh, some feedback from a couple of our loyal listeners, people that we've talked about occasionally on the program, our our one a loyal listener, Paul, who enjoys uh, listening to our program as he commutes to and from work, which I think a lot of people do uh, in the podcast world, he likes our lists. The list that we do, and you'll get the you'll you'll love this. He likes the and I I I thought of this name uh, just kind of off the top of my head. We don't have to call it this, but he likes our my car story guessing game. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Lou thought of that, and it's become a popular uh, part of the uh, podcast. So thanks to Paul for being a loyal listener, and also uh, got uh, some information uh, feedback from uh, one of our newer listeners, Don. He uh, just said that he likes the show overall ran into him over the weekend and he just kind of looks at it as his uh, little escape plan he likes to uh, walk the dog he straps on his headphones and listens to uh the car guys report so that's pretty cool
0: right before the wife is uh giving her thoughts to life (laughs) you turn on the car guys report and you go home and she's like gee he's so wonderful when he comes home now what's changed
2: He's getting uh, informed automotive from us. That's the way it goes. (laughs)
0: And life becomes better.
2: And uh, I also saw our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, uh, about a week ago. We were at a uh, Cars and Coffee, and Roger is is, is a great guy because he'll get excited about anything. He put a 1972 Pinto in front of him, and he'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll just start gushing, uh, but you got to love him because he's, he's totally into anything that's got wheels on it, but there was a very interesting vehicle at, at the Cars and Coffee. It was a, a car called a Mantra, and I didn't look uh, real closely. At, I didn't get to talk to the owner, but Roger did. Uh, apparently, it was a French car. They weren't officially imported here. I suppose there's only like eight of them. In in the U.S., and I looked it up in my big book of imported cars, and it's not in there because it was never officially imported to the U.S., so I don't have a lot of information on it. I didn't do a lot of—I honestly didn't do any research on it. To me, it kind of looked like—remember a Nissan Pulsar from, like, the mid to late 80s, the one that kind of had this weird, like, hatchback, and you could take the hatchback off and put, like, a pickup truck— cover on yeah. it. it had like a three three-way thing you could do with it is it, it a wedgie car yeah kind of, got, kind of not a wedgie boxy yeah it's not okay. rounded or anything and it was pretty small but the, the craziest thing about this car is it was basically it was a two-seater but it had in front three bucket seats in a row and it wasn't like the McLaren where the driver sits in the center. The driver was still sitting, uh, and this was an import, so I can't remember if it was right-hand drive or left-hand drive. But the steering wheel is either you know, on, on, on either side, but it had three bucket seats across, which I, was crazy. I got to give
0: this car credit for the name. The mantra, mantra. yeah. <laughs> Just Lou, what are you driving? I'm driving a mantra.
2: Well, you'll All love right? you'll love this too. Apparently, they're uh, versus
0: the little girl tra.
2: Well, I'm driving the mantra, <laughs> and you are a man when you drive the mantra because you have, to, you have to be. Because their advertising slogan, apparently in France, was it had three bucket seats, one for your wife and one for your mistress
0: <laughs> so that's the, no wonder the car died that's quickly. what I was going to
2: say no wonder they only sold eight of them here in the US right but um, so something to look out for if you ever see a mantra check it out because it just looks weird seeing three bucket seats in the front and I don't know how they did the, the, the seat belt either for the center seat <laughs> I didn't look that closely at it but it's a very interesting vehicle so yeah. uh, crazy stuff going on in, we'll in the car to find world there for
0: the channel for the my car and, story well I'm channel. sure
2: when you know we're going to have Roger on the program uh, again at some point sure. and we can talk to him about the mantra because he was just like he was just all over that thing he was so excited it was incredible but um if you like talking about or hearing about the things that we talk about here on the car guys report like the french mantra the car with three bucket seats in front be sure to tell a friend about the car guys report it's available online at radio com. you can follow us on twitter at car guys podcast and of course you can always email us too we'd love to hear maybe you have a mantra sitting in your garage tell us about it car guys report at com is our email address uh always trolling the internet lou for interesting things and this is right up your alley i'll start off yeah it should probably start off can with, we
0: can we pause and yeah, go back to the yeah. mantra okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking about you're, the you're, three You're buckets. just like Roger. You're just fixated on well, this thing. I'm
0: thinking about the three bucket <laughs> seats and their slogan. If their slogan is wife, mistress, and you, it should clearly be a bench a seat. A bench seat, yeah. Never a bucket seat if it's going to be three separate people. Go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm ready okay. for the next section.
2: Um, no, I was going to say that I should start some of these uh, segments off with, Lou, do you have this on your channel? <laughs> <laughs> There's only four in the world, so I don't think you have a real blower Bentley on your channel yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, the blower Bentleys, of course, if you're a car guy, um, they're basically the, the huge, big, classic, Bentley that was in the uh, back in the 20s and 30s that was basically uh, forged a lot of their racing history with the the car there's only four of them around in the world left they didn't make a whole lot to begin with they sell for 8-10 million dollars at auction but Bentley is going to be making a dozen that would be 12 blower Bentley reproductions based on their 1929 blower Bentley and um, as car makers are want to do this uh, in this day and age they're doing it right um they're building 12 new versions and they're going to be combining generations as they say of craftsman knowledge with digital technology Mm. and um what they're going to do is um Bentley restoration specialists are going to take apart one of the original cars, and from there they will use old and new manufacturing techniques, including some of the original 1920 molds and tooling jigs, to build a dozen copies of of each part. And then the puzzle will be put back together, and what you've got is a, a what Bentley is calling a genuine recreation. And they're calling it, of course, a part of a new continuation series, because whenever an automaker does a continuation, it's when they, I think Jaguar did it uh, a while back. I don't know how many years ago when they did the, uh, it was the D type, the, the one with the, 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 fin on the back. Yeah, and I the thought they type. made some some uh, continuations of I th- those. I thought they
0: made some E-type, or E-type light or, e- or maybe that's e- what I'm e- thinking type, of. E-type light whites, yeah. the, the aluminum ones.
2: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have a Jaguar, so you should be totally plugged into the oh, whole yeah. Jaguar H- thing. Oh, yeah, hugely plugged in. <laughs> but that's what they do, and they call them <laughs> continuations. So they're basically officially sanctioned be- by the company because they're the ones that are doing the work on it. So yeah. they're going to hold value. They're not really going to be called a replica or anything like that. Of course, we don't know how much these cars are going to cost. Um, I think they're pretty much all spoken for anyway, but it says, as with the original, the new blowers, and this is a little weird. It's going to, well, No, this is correct. It's going to have a four-cylinder, 16-valve engine with an exact replica of the Amherst Villiers Mark IV Roots-type surp, uh, supercharger that together produced 243 horsepower. Uh, they say they're going to have pressed steel frames, half-elliptic leaf spring suspensions, and recreations of the Bentley Perot mechanical drum brakes on the uh, new cars the only updates the company is making will be minimal hidden changes dictated by modern safety concerns so i'm not sure what that is maybe like real subtle turn signals somewhere or something like that to make them street legal or or certifiable for sale or something like that but i just love it and we're going to be talking about uh this topic in a uh, future uh show when car makers manufacturers really embrace their heritage and they decide that they want to make that heritage last and they're they're offering restoration services and parts and I mean Mercedes will literally make you any part for a Mercedes. If you have like a 1940 whatever Mercedes and they don't they no longer have the part in stock, can they there's a good chance they might. They will actually manufacture that part for you. I mean it's amazing what they what they can do.
0: Well, let's talk about like for example when you've seen a car from, you're talking the 20s, right? This yeah, 1929. Lower. Yeah. All right. Well, the disc brakes, or excuse me, the drum brakes on those things oh, are terrible. massive. Yeah,
2: they're massive, but they're not going to work so right here's, too well. Right. So
0: here's my suggestion: put a, you can probably fit a caliper inside, inside the the drum with, yeah. with a disc. Yeah. And no one would ever know because yeah, exactly. it would look like a drum. Exactly, and you could squeeze it on the inside. Yeah,
2: that's not a bad idea because I was—that's the first thing I—I I, I thought of when I read that article, and I said drum brakes. I mean, that's everyone knows that that the brakes on any old car with drum brakes are just highly inadequate in anything, especially if this is a race car. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. They could probably maybe that, but that's not going to be one of the subtle hidden safety things they're talking about. But that is an interesting. We'll
0: be, we'll be patenting that later today, it, Mark. An interesting and, uh, concept. we we'll be bringing that to Bentley later. <laughs> Hello.
1: <laughs>
2: Bentley headquarters here. But uh, congratulations to Bentley for doing that. And yeah, cool. um, yeah, we'll probably be hearing more about it when they actually uh, decide to, uh, or actually they will be taking shape at some point. I'm sure that it, more coverage will happen. So we'll let you know about that when we hear about it. And this is another uh, vehicle too, uh, Lou, that I've been looking forward to talking about. They're already out now. When I first stumbled across this, it was probably about a year ago. Because I'm a big Mercedes guy, because I own an a E-Class Coupe, and when I first uh, came across this Mercedes, it was finally going to make a AMG version of the E-Class Coupe. Because I don't know if you recall or not, we've talked about it on the show that at the time I bought my. Mercedes E-Class Coupe. It was one of only, I believe, two models in the entire Mercedes lineup that was not offered as an AMG model. And for whatever reason, I don't know why they, ever, they never did that. So they finally decided they're offering a, an, an E-Class Coupe, but it's a little different. It's I don't really want to call it a I don't really want to call it a a traditional hybrid but it's called the e53 amg and what it is and what mercedes has done and this is actually this this drivetrain and technology is 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 popping up in a couple of other models they have they have a three liter uh six cylinder engine it was actually mercedes first all new straight six engine in years which is totally cool because you know i'm not a i'm not a v6 fan so but a straight six is a very cool engine and they're turbocharger turbocharging this thing and they've also got this 48 volt um hybrid electrical system in it and what it has is it's got that uh, the generator as part of the flywheel and what it is doing is basically it's hybridization but it's more for performance instead of fuel economy so what it's doing is it's boosting the power um when you accelerate it actually and a lot of the the uh items on the car are operated electrically too so actually what they're doing with the with the turbocharger they actually have an electric boost to kind of get the thing going so you, to help eliminate turbo lag and the also too because it's got an electric fuel pump and all the other things that they're driving on this, or running on this engine with this 48-volt system, there's no drive belts on the engine, which is pretty cool. Mm. And it's just technology. I mean, I think it's very neat. And these cars have finally started. I, I've, I've seen one performance report so far on them because I was wondering how fast they were going to be. Because right now, uh, the E53, it's going to be um, 362 horsepower and 429 uh, pound, or no, 429 horsepower and 384 pound feet of torque. And um, it, it, it might not sound like I mean, it's decent horsepower. The, the torque figure seems a little low because I'm used to seeing big torque figures coming from Mercedes. But the performance so far that I've seen in the initial tests, they're, they're getting like zero to 60 in like 4.1 seconds or something like that. It's amazing. But the key piece of, of what I'm talking about is it's called the, it's the integrated starter, which is EQ boost in Mercedes speak. It rests between the engine and the nine speed automatic and it's, it's run on 48 volts and in the AMG. 53 models, it powers an auxiliary electric compressor, so basically it's an electric turbocharger that feeds into a traditional twin-scroll turbocharger, so it's like a pre-turbo, and what it does is it it provides up to 21 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque additional for short periods of time, and it basically completely eliminates any turbo lag. It's
0: an electric nitrous.
2: It is. It's cool. I think it's a very cool, you know, they're saying 0 to 60 in 4.4 seconds, but it's actually been a little, I think, a little quicker than that. And they're actually, I I could have sworn I just went to the Mercedes website and I thought they were on there. They were on there already, but they're they're expensive. I mean, this car runs, um, you know, fully loaded. It's going to be close to a hundred grand, or not even fully loaded, but nicely uh, uh, equipped. But it's an interesting technology. I'm not a big hybrid kind of guy. We've talked about my girlfriend's Prius before, and that's all about fuel economy and things like that. But I think when when you can integrate the hybrid electrification type things into a car like this. And Ferrari's done it with a lot of Ferrari. And that's what you're, you're seeing more in the in the performance and luxury and exotic car makers is they're using the hybrid type technology to increase performance rather than just outright fuel economy of course these cars still get pretty decent fuel economy for especially for the the kind of power and, and numbers they're putting down but um i'm very interested in it. it's a beautiful looking car and i just like the idea that's got that straight six in it i think that's very cool so i haven't seen one in the flesh yet but um when I do, uh, I'm will definitely. i sure I will definitely be talking about it because it's uh, a very cool car. But it's going to start around $73,000. That's where they're, they're right now. But like I said, once you get a few options on it, uh, it could easily uh, get pretty darn close to uh, $100,000. But it's the Mercedes-Benz E53 AMG. So if you're a Mercedes uh, person like I am, just uh, check it out. Also, too, this is something I always like being able to come back to things we've talked about occasionally, Lou, uh, when I might bring something up and then I don't have all the information and I want to go back and and prove that I was right. But um, we always like to do the for sale, uh, well-bought, well-sold segment here on the Car Guys Report. And this is a cool car. Um, that comes from Bring a Trailer, which is one of our main go-to places because they always have very, very interesting cars. Of course, I have a uh, a 1992 Corvette C4, and recently uh, sold on Bring a Trailer was a 1991 Corvette C4, Uh, C4, but of course this was a ZR1, and I thought it was very well bought at $16,000, 45,000 original miles, a six-speed manual, red with beige interior, and of course the um, ZR1 was the uh, twin cam V8 that... Uh, Corvette put into the uh, uh, C4 limited production and what I had mentioned last time in a previous program was the fact that uh, Mercury Marine actually manufactured that engine and this is directly from the Mercury Marine website. You can check it out at mercurymarine.com. And uh, it's basically has a couple paragraphs here on, on what happened, you know, how Mercury became the manufacturer of the engine. It's, it's really cool. In 1988, Mercury Marine was chosen to manufacture the LT5 engine for the 1990s ZR1 Corvette. It was designed by Lotus Engineering for General Motors, and the LT5 was an all aluminum 5.7 liter small block V8. Featuring then a radical 32 valve oh, dual overhead cam engine, generated 375 horsepower and was hand built by Mercury's Merc Cruiser division in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And it says here for the 1993 model year, horsepower went up to 405. Uh, they did a couple of internal changes to cam porting and things like that. But it says further proof of Merc Cruiser's production efficiency occurred when the LT5 was awarded the automaker's most demanding quality certification. Uh, GP3 level one, the first GM engine ever to earn it. And of course, it says here the LT1 became or LT5 became celebrated by Corvette uh, enthusiasts blah, 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 things like that. And it says here, as production of the LT5 uh, wound down in 1994, ZR1 owners converged on the in the uh, Sooner State, which is what they call Oklahoma, to play tribute to those who built the legendary power plant. Seventy owners towed, shipped and drove their vets to Oklahoma to participate in a two-day event known as Thunder in Stillwater. Festivals uh, Festivities began when the visitors escorted the homecoming court and cheerleaders to the local football stadium for the big game, but they just kind of came up all together to celebrate the end of it but that is it's very cool and and that ties into the thing we we're talking about with the ford sho yes yamaha was the manufacturer of the both v6 and v8 uh multi-cam engines that were in the original ford Taurus H- sho and that gets back to the Lancia uh thema 8.32 uh v8 that we talked about originally with the ferrari designed engine that was built by ducati so <laughs> That's the way it goes sometimes in the automotive business. Motorcycle and uh car engines being built by motorcycle manufacturers and or uh Mercury Marine, uh marine manufacturers, Let, but
0: Let's stay on that Corvette for yeah, a second. Yeah. I
2: think it's a good 16 grand for a ZR1 and it 45,000 miles, I think that's a well bought car. Yeah. I mean cuz that thing's going to probably last
0: 200,000 miles. I mean if you actually And drove it's a, it.
2: and it's an investment because um it's not going to lose value. I don't I don't think so, no. not at that price. No. Uh first of all, the, the,
0: the, my complaint about the ZR1, uh, first of all, I think it's a very cool car, so make sure you're, you heard that part. But the, my complaint for that car in particular was, um, and you remember this, back in the 60s, we're doing some of that now again today, and I'll be specific. When we saw a car that looked like a Pontiac GTO, and then you saw the Tempest or Le Mans emblem on it you got a little bit of a depression it was like oh it's not a gto and it's the same thing with that zr1 when they it doesn't look any different it well it does and it doesn't you can't normally visually tell because it's just a little fatter but you wouldn't know that you wouldn't know it It wasn't you know if it's sitting by itself you don't know that and you had to look on the rear on the driver's side rear to only see that zr1 ZR1 badge the zr1 badge and it and it I wish they would have labeled that car more. That, mm-hmm. That's my complaint. I wish they would have put side markers, you know, in the front grill or. Yeah, something I mean the like picture of,
2: of the car that we we're talking about that sold. I mean it's it's kind of a front three quarter view, and it looks just like mine. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks the same, right? That <laughs> uh, same wheels, you know, the saw blade rims and stuff. But then of course the magic happens when you pop the hood and you see that that awesome aluminum multi yeah. you know or, quad, quad, or, you, uh, or you're
0: driving it, it yeah was step up yeah, yeah exactly so and let's or you back, hear it well let's go back to 1991 for just a moment so what was cool in 1991 the answer is nothing uh, other than maybe the corvette yeah i mean there wasn't a lot that was really cool now you could really dig in and say lou there was some other stuff that was cool the trans am's always kind of cool mustangs are always kind of cool well, the, but the, they, the, they weren't they weren't super hot and, and it was a time where cars were trying to get back to being hot.
2: Well, there was one one car that was out, and I've actually been seeing more of these on the road lately, was the Mitsubishi uh, GT, also sold as the Dodge Stealth. And that was kind of a supercar because it had, it had a multi-cam V6 engine. It had all-wheel drive. It had four-wheel steering. It had like Multi, you know, fours of everything basically, and it was in a right. very swoopy, cool, cool design, and it wasn't a cheap car. It was like a, I want to say it was like thirty thousand. The even Mitsubishi three thousand, yeah, the three thousand cool GT, car. yeah,
0: and and the and the Stealth RT. Uh, was a very cool car. A couple of things. There were different levels of those. So one of them was not all... Right, right. I'm
2: talking about the one with the turbos and the... Right.
0: The ones that are all tricked out, like you're talking about, were pretty cool cars. And and I think they were rated like a 305. And by the way, if you go to My Car Story with Lou, we're featuring... (laughs) A 92 Stealth, but you had to find one. See, we're always one on,
2: right on point with right, everything here.
0: You had to <laughs> find the one that had exactly all the toys. Yeah. So I had to search see? and search and search and then find yeah. that one, but I found one. Cool. So people who come to the channel will be able to see one of yeah. those. My Car Story with Lou, Stealth, and uh, you could see that. But uh, back to the Corvette, it was a great car, and it really kind of sparked some of that other interest, and I think the ZR1 was inspired as well because that – they knew that that uh, uh, Chrysler was coming out with the Viper. Yeah, you know there was a little test Viper that was out at some of the shows. I think it was '89, and Corvette said, "Well, no, we're not going to be upstage by this." Yeah. You know? so, so I think yeah, it, was it was also too really to, uh, a cool. car. I, I, the bottom line is, I really like that car. I wish it just had a few more badges.
2: Yeah, I think it was also an attempt to kind of almost compete with like Ferrari. At oh, the yeah. Time because, you know, big multi cam V8, well, uh, trying to be more exotic, more European. Was the
0: Testarossa still around? And, I mean, it was around in the late 80s. Yeah, that late was a 80s, super yeah. cool yeah. car. That's yeah. that's a cool car.
2: And another car that's that's gained a lot more traction in the last couple of years, too, because people are rediscovering those as well. And, and
0: the Kuntash. I mean, those two cars, I mean, you, when you saw one of those, literally, you you know craning your neck i mean you were just amazed
2: i think though too if you're looking for for understated or sleeper type car that you don't want to spend a lot of money on a zr1 is a great oh, great a, great buy right now yeah. and they're cheap i mean 16 grand is not a lot of money for a car that has i think it's not going to lose money if you buy it and it, it'll have eventually long-term you know some upward potential so we'll see what happens but um that is the history, uh, brief history here on the Car Guys Report about the Corvette ZR1. And you heard it here first that Lou loves those cars. So you were saying your son wants you to buy a Corvette. Maybe you should start out with that. That was a good idea. <laughs> if you like the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, that's what we're doing right here. Then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Like the program, Minutia Men. Rick Kemper and Dave Stern are consumers of worthless information. And every week. Week, they share their take on what they have learned in their podcast, Minutia Men. It's an opi show, and it's available only on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, and that would be Radio Misfits I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. Uh, You are listening to the uh, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. And Lou, we've been kind of uh, had a little bit of an arc here, as they say in the TV uh, world these days, a story arc on uh, early uh, automotive designers. And uh, I just wanted to do uh, the third and final installment. Some of these names, uh, we've been kind of highlighting some people that aren't necessarily um, uh, household names in the automotive uh, design world, but they had significant contributions. But uh, these last three that uh, I wanted to talk about definitely... If you're a car guy, you've heard of these people. Uh, starting off with uh, Brooks Stevens, 1911 to 1995. He was son of the, of the inventor of the pre gear gearshift. That's interesting. I think Cords had those along with um, a bunch of other cars, too. But I remember the Cord having those. And uh, he was an industrial designer. He worked for Willys, where he had a hand in the Jeep wagon and the Jeepster. Kaiser Frazier, Excalibur, Studebaker, where he uh, helped along with the Lark, the Gran Turismo. Hawk, AMC with the Hornet, the Gremlin, the AMX, and the Pacer. That's an interesting uh, combination of, uh, of styles there. And Harley-Davidson. Let's go back to the Pacer. <laughs>
0: well, not just the Pacer. Let's do the AMC lineup again. What ones were they? Hornet. Okay, that was a pretty cool car. That
2: lineup. was a replacement, I believe, for... Uh, the Hornet was, was like, like the Ma- Ford Maverick. Yeah, but it yeah. was a smaller car. Oh, I know. Because the Matador yeah. was their larger four-door, and the the, the Hornet was yeah. their kind of... Yeah. mid-size or, or something like that. There's yeah.
0: actually a Hornet SC360. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Okay. Yep. Uh, the Gremlin.
0: Gremlin matches the Pinto. Go ahead.
2: But the Gremlin had some cool, remember the Levi's edition of the Gremlin?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know.
2: And you could get a V8 in that thing, too. You could get like a 304. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like a three hundred three hundred two, 302, something like that. That car would have some power. It well, would. Mark, speaking of power yeah. <laughs> in a Gremlin, there's the extremely
0: rare Loch Ness monster-like Randall Gremlin. Have you ever heard of that?
2: Well, I've seen one Gremlin at car shows, I, yellow with a supercharger sticking out of the hood. But I'm sure that's not the one.
0: Okay. Well, Randall came out of Arizona, all right, and it was a car maker who, who I don't know how they pulled this off, but they got like 30 or maybe less. Uh, the AMC experts will be able to chime in and l- let us know, but uh, the short story is they made these things called Randall Gremlins.
2: So, is it like a tuner, like a saline? No, or, no, no, or no. they were well, were yeah. they factory sanctioned, or were they? It, I don't know af-
0: all of the facts okay. to it. I'm not that much of an AMC automotive expert, but I do know that the Randall Gremlins are extremely rare. I've never and, heard uh, of them. So, well, they only they had one at the Muscle Car and Corvette National. Okay, and it's also now on my car story. Of course, Lenders. it is. So. Uh, If you went to Gremlin with a 401, uh, you'd be able to see one of these, but uh, I mean that was really popular on the channel. With uh, uh, maybe I'm screwing up the My Car Story yeah. game, by telling you that already, <laughs> but that one did really well because it was so so unique. All of the AMC fans were like, "That's yeah, that's cool." So that is
2: yeah, it's something you're you're hardly ever going to see. Yeah, but so. I mean,
0: even a 304 and a Gremlin, that's yeah, that's that's
2: pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And then the AMX, which was the shortened javelin, the two now the two seat version. Yeah, AMX is cool. Cars. I thought those were really yeah. cool. And then the Pacer, great style. And then the pacer, the gumball machine, or it's the hard, whatever the aquarium, or do you know, they call it?
0: It's hard to believe that that Brooke Stevens did both the the the
2: javelin, that's, the AMC, and the pacer. That's just the genius of these guys how they're able to to shift. You know, they're not just locked into only doing one kind of style, yeah. which I think is amazing.
0: Speaking of something I did see on the road, because usually we talk about that, you know what I saw that Brooke Stevens was the initial person for? Us? The saw,
2: 1958 Oscar Mayer that's Wienermobile. That's exactly what I saw <laughs> yep. recently. And I, like,
0: I was with my son, and I was like, look at this Wienermobile. Yeah. He's like, Dad, relax, would you? I mean,
2: calm down. But again, <laughs> that gets back to, you know, how could a guy that does the mobile and the Pacer to a you know a Gremlin and a, and an AMX and a Studebaker yeah. you, know, you know Grand Tourismo Hawk which is a great car that's a classic too so well, I I well and he did the Excalibur too yeah yeah so I mean um, I mean, the
0: Wienermobile is pretty easy when you think of it stick a yeah. Wiener on top of a go kart and that's what yeah. you got but <laughs> but um, add
2: mustard and <laughs>
0: yeah add, add the add the label on the side of it and and that one that one doesn't totally shock me do you have a Pacer on your channel by chance?
2: No, because you've no, ever no do pacer. one the, the yeah. one the one thing I remember well, about the well, pacer.
0: Okay, well let me pause for a okay. second before people go, Lou. You made it sound like you're pretty, you know, never going to do a pacer. Now I didn't say that. It's They're finding, hard to find. Yeah, it's finding the right one. Yeah, now, let me let me just briefly define that for a second so there's clarity. Number one, you got to find one. Yeah. That, that's a trick. Number two, you got to find the caretaker who's inside it because sometimes you may be driving somewhere and you see it but you're driving no idea. Yeah. And you have no idea who owns the car. It's hard to tell your your wife. I know we're going to the vacation spot you want, Yeah, but we're pulling over and I'm pulling my camera out and it's going to take me about a half hour and I'll be back to you in a (laughs) moment. So she ain't going to go for that. So, but, but, uh, uh, yeah, when I find the right pacer, we will definitely get a pacer. And
2: the one thing I remember about that car is the, uh, passenger side door mm-hmm. is longer than the driver's side door. Yeah. For easy ingress and egress to the back seat, I guess. And I remember that th- being a I like in, and that.
0: Yeah, in and out. Yeah, in and out.
2: I like using those big words Mark, every now Mark and then. Mark
0: dumbs it down for me. <laughs> Getting in and out of the car. Yeah. Okay, great.
2: But that is one odd little thing I remember about that. But again, that's that's an interesting little design yeah. touch that you're thinking that, okay, someone's thinking consciously about making this car more user-friendly. Now, that's a good point. Did Brooke Stevens come up with that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he dis- no. thought of that or not, but... But definitely a very interesting guy. And he actually uh, died in 1995, too. So he saw a lot of, from 1911 uh, to 1995, a nice long life. And he saw a lot of uh, changes in the automotive industry. And, and we haven't even talked about, didn't he design all kinds of other things, too? He uh, says 2,000 uh, other products for more 2, than 600 000. clients. Yeah, 2,000 And they don't go products. into detail yeah. in this little blurb that that's I have. But I mean, that's amazing. That's what an industrial designer does. I mean, yeah. they just, you know, like, here's a clock. Here's a can opener. Here's a, you know, a pot. Uh, cookware or something, you know, just design it, make it, put your signature on it. And it's just, that's so cool. I just yeah. think that is just amazing. So it's just something to think about. Now Pacer does
0: get a very special unique by itself look for sure
2: oh yeah and they also made a pacer wagon too i believe or, yeah. or basically it was more like a. well the original pacer was a hatchback too so but they they made a pacer wagon which was just I kind know. of a slightly elongated it version like a nomad yeah it was it was a weird <laughs> weird thing but every person with a nomad
0: just stopped <laughs> listening to the channel it is not a nomad lou <laughs> don't ever describe <laughs> our Nomad as a pacer.
2: Uh, Lou, I think there's somebody at the uh, Car Guys Report uh, warehouse front door making a delivery, so uh, we got to take a break right now, but we'll be right back.
1: Join us for a very special edition of And Friends. That's right. It's a Thanksgiving Thanksgaviganza. It's And Friendsgiving. Woo!
2: And as we know, Tommy is usually very picky
1: with his food. I don't eat most things. But we found out something very thankful, that he eats this episode i will be sharing my special thanksgiving recipe i've curated over 20 years
3: all that and more on and friends it's alive an opi show only on the radio misfits podcast network great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com
1: Hey, hey, Free Kicks is in a very special place. We are in London. So pumped up. Stamford Bridge, back at the old stomping grounds, looking forward to a a great match against West Ham. Chelsea is uh, Adam's favorite team. We're going to get to see them live. You'll hear all about our adventures, exclusive interviews, and we're going to call this episode Free Kicks Across the Pond. Fantastic. Pip, pip, Governor. (laughs) He ain't (laughs) that what I say. Don't even do that. (laughs) And listen to us. Free kicks.
2: Okay, we're back. Uh, Just uh, had to get some uh, brake parts delivered here. We're always working on something at the uh, Car Guys Report warehouse. That's where our studio is located as well. And that's what uh, is part of the fun here. You never know what's going to show up or happen uh, during the Car Guys Report informed automotive podcast. We're in the middle of talking about our part three of uh, industrial designers early industrial automotive designers another uh, name that since we were just talking about uh, AMC another name that is strongly associated with uh, AMC American Motors Corporation was Richard Teague or Dick Teague as sure. he was known uh, lived from 1923 to 1991 he got a start in the GM styling studios before becoming Packard's chief stylist in 1951 so he was doing a lot of that cool uh, the Caribbeans and the big the big 50s Packards Uh, He designed the Rehnquist and Predictor Show Cars. And then he started at AMC in 1959, working there as head designer through 1983. And he created cars like the Rambler American, Javelin, AMX, Gremlin Pacer again. So I guess he worked hand-in-hand with Brooke Stevens. And the Wild Bizzarini built mid-engine AMX three. I don't even know what that car is. I've seen, but one. you probably say, "Okay, there you go." See, I. I There's no limit to the depths of Lou's automotive bizarre world. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, tell us about it. What is that?
0: All right. So, what does it look like? First of all, it looks a little bit like a. Now, this is a little bit of a stretch, but like a Ford GT. Okay. So it's it's uh, it's low. It's it's got a, a nice uh I'll call it a spoiler on the back end of it and they only made like 3 or 4
2: of them I understand. It's like a show car kind uh, of thing or just a it styling exercise it, um, or um
0: well since they only made 3 I don't have all the details okay. but it but it has that kind of a look somewhat like a Ford GT back in that time frame okay. like a 66 4GT or something like that.
2: And so. it was based on a AMX though, right? Or well,
0: it says AMX so, on the it side. So, but doesn't look doesn't bear doesn't look, any resemblance. Yeah, okay.
2: It, and do you know what was it just like a V8 mid-engine thing that they did?
0: I think it was I didn't I didn't get the chance I I saw the car I talked to the woman who had it and um uh she, or her, somehow her husband got involved and he was like, I don't know who you are, so I'm not going to let you oh. And I was like, ah. Oh.
2: See, that does happen sometimes to Lou, even though he's got so much charm and, and personalities. Some yeah. people do shut you down.
0: It's very rare, but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's all no like and trust. And he didn't, uh, you know, to his credit... Uh, he didn't know me. He didn't yeah. uh, get the chance to he, like me. He just it, gave you the stink and, eye. And he just gave me the stink eye, and he's, you know, I'll get back to you. And, of course, never got back to me. But
2: Well, there's two others out there, so. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got chance at two others. Uh, Dick Teague also oversaw the iconic 1980s XJ Jeep Cherokee. So mm-hmm. definitely a long career uh, in the automotive industry, especially with uh, AMC. And our final uh Early automotive designer that uh, we're covering here on the Car Guys Report, and this is a name that you'll all remember, Alex Tremulous. Uh, 1914 to 1991, he had a tour in the U.S. Ar- Army Air Force's information. Uh, let me start again. A tour in the U.S. Army Air Force's informed Tremulous's futuristic designs throughout his career. Okay, that means he was in the Air Force. He was influenced by aerodynamic design and things like that because he did the Tucker Torpedo and Chrysler Thunderbolt as standouts now we all know what the tucker is the chrysler thunderbolt i believe was probably a, a, a show car or uh something like that he also did projects for auburn core Duesenberg, Crosley, american bantam packard and kaiser frazer and at ford's advanced studio he created the square and bullet thunderbirds those are classics and uh, numerous ford show cars and the subaru brat was among his huh. last designs. Remember the brat that little yeah. kind of uh, super small car. pickup and it had the two rear opposite facing rear seats inside the bed. Yeah, and you you obviously I, mean, I don't think that's legal anymore. But you know they had seat belts and everything. But it's just yeah. like crazy crazy vehicle, the, the, and that's another one you just never see anymore the thun- anywhere.
0: The Thunderbolt looked actually like a physical torpedo. Like if you cut a torpedo okay. in half. And then put seats in the center of it, like a two seats, like a yeah. two seater. That's what the Thunderbolt looked like, and I've seen one of those live. And the front headlights on it reminded you of Cord, where they would like fold into. Okay. That, fold, yeah, into, yeah. So that was a super cool car.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, it's just I think that would be so cool to be able to. uh be a show car designer and just kind of like, hey, you know, budget is no object because half those cars don't aren't, aren't running, driving cars anyway. At least in the earlier days, some of them are, some of them aren't. But just to have free reign on designing, you know, what your vision is and everything, and see how it comes out. But. um the uh, next story I wanted to talk about here, Lou, and this comes from Hemmings Classic Car Magazine, which I subscribe to. They have, and we've talked about this section in the magazine before, they have a section called Reminiscing where readers write in about their um, uh, either uh, just— Cars they used to own, or thoughts on on different cars they used to own, or things they wish they still had, things like that. And I just thought this was such a charming story. And I'm going to read some of this just verbatim because it, it gets a little involved. But it's basically the story of a gentleman named Benny Haspel, and he lives in Israel and um he has a 1960 Ford Falcon it's a four door sedan it's red and uh, he says he also has a 63 Ford Squire and a 1966 Mustang and he says he was born in the year of 1948 grew up in the near the Mediterranean Sea with, within the state of Israel and um he was basically a car a car guy from early on when he was a little kid and he says for a 12 year old boy uh he says Then came 1960, so he was uh, 12 years old. He said, among the big and somewhat brutal American cars that they had in Israel, and they didn't have a lot of cars in Israel. That's what he was saying, too, earlier. He said he just fell in love with the Ford Falcon. It was love at first glance. He says, for a 12-year-old boy, she was prettier than the girls in the neighborhood or in my class. The Falcon was round and soft like a woman, and I fell in love. And this is at 12 years old. And he said, in those days when new uh, car models came to the remote holy land, first came the advertisements, then the folders and only some months later, the actual cars. One day when I went to school, I saw Falcon for the first time. It was running on the highway. She was brand new, red and shining in the Middle Eastern sun. My breath stopped and my heart banged. She was prettier than in the papers and brochures. I could only say one word, Falcon. I looked at the car when she continued on her way to Tel Aviv. I looked at the big rounded tail lamps until she vanished and left a boy in love. Okay, so this is in 1960, 12 years old. It said, time passed. He grew up, he raised a family, he had a Studebaker Lark, a Mustang. In the 1980s, you couldn't find 1960s Falcons anymore uh, in Israel anymore. So his hope of fulfilling his dream of owning a red 1960 Falcon, like the one I saw for only a few seconds that day back in my childhood, was getting, you know, probably not going to happen. So he said, this is very cool. I had to wait till I was 60 years old. That's what I heard of a 1960 Falcon somewhere in South Israel. I went, and indeed it was true, in a remote and neglected garage stood a dusty and dirty and half-dismantled 1960 yellow-slash-pink Falcon. When I looked at its beloved grill, it brought me back to the time when I was a 12-year-old boy, and it says its license plate bore the numbers 83615. Now that's the key. When registering a car in Israel, a new car receives a license plate that is forever with it, kind of like what they do, I think, in California. or Some states still do that. They don't do it in Illinois, but some states—and I know in Sweden, too, with my Saab, I have the original plate from that car, and it actually has the VIN number of the car on the license plate, so some— Some countries, some states do issue a license plate for life. So he says, a license plate that is with it forever, even if the car is no longer around. The plate is numeric. Until 1962, automobile plates in Israel had five digits, like 83615. Then it expanded to six digits, and today they have eight. And the license document also bears the car's color. So when I looked at the document for this yellow-pink falcon, it was written red. So you know where this is going, right? Uh, So I told the owner, who was a car painter, that I could not buy the car, uh, that I would buy the car only if it was red. I did not tell him that a red Falcon had been my dream car. So 10 years passed with my uh, restored. um, Okay, so weeks passed, and then he called and came down had called me to come down and see the now red Falcon. I felt like I was a 12 year old boy again, not since the car that I saw some 50 years earlier had I seen another red 1960 Falcon. 10 years have passed with my restored little red Falcon. And last year I managed to obtain a copy of the government's list of all Falcons that had been imported to Israel in 1960. There were 58 of them. The list consisted of the number, uh, license plates, the date of the landing, some more details, and original paint color. He says he nearly fainted. Only one imported red card and it was number 83615 on the license plate, which is what the car that he found 60 years later. I mean, I just think it's just, it's just an amazing story. So he says it means that the Red Falcon, which this once 12-year-old boy saw for a few seconds in 1960, became the same car that the 70-year-old man possesses today. I just think that is just such a charming story because what are the odds of, of literally glimpsing a car when you're a kid for a few seconds on the road, remembering that for basically your entire life, and then being able to find that exact car by happenstance 60 years later, and then being able to buy it, get it back to its original color, and own and enjoy it. I mean, that is just phenomenal. Yeah, I just that, think it is so cool.
0: I, I know that um, I, I'm sympathetic empathetic wonderful warm and fuzzy (laughs) over your story and i know that i would share the same story with my wife and she would be looking at me with like crossed eyes going really you're getting emotional about this car yes we are getting emotional yeah i think it's so cool if you too are getting emotional over this story (laughs) you too are a car person okay (laughs) enjoy this channel this is you're at the right spot if you're not involved there are other OPI shows yeah. for you to watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, Listen to. Listen to,
2: yeah. <laughs> But, but no, that, you got
0: that is a tremendous. Yeah, I just, story. I really, that, I mean, that's, that's I'm not great. an
2: overly, you know, sensitive person. I don't watch the Hallmark movie and You're start crying. Not or anything. sensitive at all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm and just, neither am I. I'm just rude and brusque. You know yeah. that. But we, we can watch a Three Stooges,
0: <laughs> see another man hit a hammer over another guy's head, and go, "Okay, that give me was another funny. beer." <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Where's the popcorn? Yeah, but something like this, this touches our heart. This is wonderful. Yeah, I just Thank thought it was so cool. Sharing. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Yeah, and that was again that came from. Heming's classic car in the reminis- reminiscing section of the magazine from Benny Haspel in Raanana, Israel, and I just thought it's just, it's just a neat story, yeah, and I'm so know, glad let, that he let, shared that. Let's stay there that. for just
0: a moment. So, no matter where you are in the globe, no matter what country you come from, what color, shape, gender, size, whatever, it doesn't age. It doesn't matter when you're a car person.
2: It you, transcends everything. Y- you get yeah. it. Yeah.
0: You get it. And, and, and you know, we were joking, you know, that I didn't get that AMC3 uh, car videoed. But uh, I'll tell you, when I'm meeting these people, um, and a lot of times they don't know who I am most of the time, and I've only got about 30 seconds worth of pitch yeah. to get them
2: to, Your elevator pitch. And,
0: and 95% of them are like, yeah, sure. And yeah. then we become, you know— car buddies and friends and i send them an email every month and the point i want to make is is the uh car people generally are wonderful i mean as an overall group of people and i mean uh i, I just want to say that stories like that yeah they they are uh, they're touching
2: yeah, it's just, like you said, I mean, you go to a car show and you see all kinds of people, different ages, different everything, driving totally different cars, but you still have that, that commonality that you're into cars, I'm into cars, so I don't have to be into your exact car, you don't have to be into my car, but we have that commonality of automotive baseline and that yeah. means a lot and it just does cut through a lot and, and so.
0: i can appreciate your car yeah you know and that's that's what it's about for example you're talking about earlier the volvo tuners yeah i didn't see that coming yeah i mean i didn't see people taking a box which is kind of what the volvo yeah. is the yeah 80s, lowering it putting a big turbo
2: it. on it and and, tuning you know, it with a loud exhaust and, and, when and I th- they're
0: cool yeah, well and yet when i think volvo the first thing that comes to mind is safety and you think yeah. about them crashing those things into a wall and everybody walks out yeah of and it.
2: the college professor in the tweed suit with the patches on his elbows right.
0: so now to take <laughs> a volvo which is a safe car and put your kid in it let them use it as a tuner is a brilliant move for a parent quite honestly because <laughs> you know. it's a safe car yeah because it's a safe car <laughs> exactly
3: so,
2: Well put there, Lou. I like that one. If you are the Car Guy Report, or the Car Guy or Car Gal that we know you are deep down, you're listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, please take some time to uh, listen to us, of course, but subscribe to us and rate us as well. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All you have to do is search for Radio Misfits. You can also search directly for the Car Guys Report. And uh, once you uh, subscribe to our podcast, you'll get an automatic notification of whenever they we have a new show up and running and you can also rate us too we've gotten some fabulous feedback from our listeners and we'd love to uh, get some additional positive feedback from you as well too so if you could uh, take a moment or two to rate us we would certainly appreciate that and the best thing about the podcast on Radio Misfits is everything is totally free and it's listening on your terms you can fast forward rewind replay go back and listen to episodes just do whatever you want on whatever your device is, whether it's your phone, your tablet, your desktop, you can stream in your car, you can stream online, you can do whatever you want. It's listening your way. And that's what podcasts are all about, and we're glad to be part of it here on the Car Guys Report. Informed Automotive, Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable. We're at that point in the program where Lou is going to uh, talk and uh, spouse a little bit about his uh, popular youtube channel my car story with lou and we're going to play the my car story guessing game yeah i like that <laughs> yeah. The
0: guessing game that's exactly what it is
2: all we need now is vanna white to come in and like uh, hold up some placards or something for that, us that
0: would be good <laughs> all right so so here's how the game is played folks so the first thing is, uh, in you know, this is my channel alone, so it's not saying that overall popularity in the world or something like that. So specifically on my channel, I'm going to name three cars to mark. Mark does not know what the end result is I on the not. numbers on these cars. Um, and, of course, the numbers grow as time goes on. But I grasp a time period, I pull it off, and I bring it in. So here's the three cars today. We'll start numerically. The 1956 Chevrolet Corvette and guitar. Okay. In green. That's right. The Corvette Fender guitar placed with the green.
2: But not originally sold with the car though, right? Not originally okay. sold, but the
0: specific, it's hmm. a Fender guitar. Okay. That says the word Corvette. Really? And the base of it is is the embodiment of that big circled, that white circle that's in the side of the car. Yeah, the the cove. The cove. It has a white cove with the, you know. Wow. Yeah, so you've got the... the Okay. This is a twofer in one car, a 56 Corvette green and guitar. That's number one, and we're doing them by year. The next, as we move closer, the 66 Ford Galaxy 500 liter convertible. Okay, yeah, yeah. That one's in Burgundy. And the last one's the sixty-nine Dodge Dart GTS GT Sport in green with the special M code engine.
2: Okay. Which Again, is which
0: is a four forty. Okay. okay. The
2: big wedge thing. Uh,
0: no, it did, well uh, not as wedgy as some. Uh, no, the wedge was earlier. This is this is a four forty and sixty nine. So this is this is your four forty engine, which usually didn't come with a four forty. Yeah. So this is a special code almost like a kobo type thing. Well, let
2: me let me preface this with is the Corvette uh guitar and Corvette owned by some famous rock star guitarist that uh was playing the guitar in your video as well, or I yeah, that, that <laughs>
0: the the answer to that question is no. Okay. It wasn't, you know, like Eddie Van Halen <laughs> or someone. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Lou and Eddie Van Halen yeah. hanging out. Oh, they did. The That'd garage. be awesome. That Steven be Tyler,
2: good. you know, let's uh, take Mick a Jagger to, might stop yeah, by.
0: Let's take a moment for that. If Mick Jagger wants to call me up or Lady Gaga, yeah, I, I there heard you she's go. a car girl. Yeah. So you know, anybody like that, Floyd Mayweather wants to call me up. We're not going to box. We understand you're the champ, <laughs> but we'll talk cars. Even
2: Tony Bennett, he's been around Tony, long enough. He could Tony he Bennett, could talk he about some cars, cool cars. If, I'm sure if
0: Barbara Streisand yeah. has cars. If Cher has cars, you know, if if. Uh, Beyonce <laughs> wants to stop by, and you know. Okay, so let's go back to the three hundred uh, fifty-six Chevrolet Corvette and guitar, yeah. sixty-six Ford Galaxy five hundred seven liter convertible, and the sixty-nine Dodge Dart GTS Sport in with the M code special engine.
2: I'm going to say that the the GTS uh, M code thing is number three. Number three,
0: you're saying is the yeah. M-code.
2: Let me go with the Galaxy Convertible as number one. And I think I've seen that car some shows. Number one is shows. the Galaxy. Yeah, it's number two is the Corvette.
0: Okay. In the order that they are in the highest number of views, 27,139 wow. views is the Dodge Dart G. Well, GTS see, I totally
2: blew that one. With the <laughs> oh, Really?
0: Yeah. Well, that honestly surprises but me. Because, number three was number one. Huh. Number two. Wow. Well, number two is actually the galaxy. Okay. Which you said, which is the seven liter convertible. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. So I totally and screwed it up. And number three was, was, the, was the was the guitar. Really. So Mark, come back again for wow, our next segment, I will. and we'll give you a chance to play again. Now, the
2: only thing that surprises me about the the dart is, is one of those cars that we just typically think that you know all the magic's under the hood. Basically, it doesn't really stand out that much, and it just seems like it's it's not going to grab you right away, but. The, Do you have a feeling what color was that car? Uh, the car was green green okay so,
0: so we had burgundy, green and green so yeah. so so if you 're talking just from a color standpoint, yeah. the green and the fifty six uh, corvette was more of a uh, turquoise so yeah it, I know, it had a yeah. really cool it had a very 56 color yeah to it. um and the dart was yeah kind of boring and green but huh. it, it had a nice you know little little white band a little uh, bumblebee stripe that car on the back would be a rocket too and, in uh, a straight line yeah because it would probably oh, had God. no weight yeah and uh the m code made it very rare um but speaking of rare the seven liter galaxy 500 convertible you know try to find one of those yeah. if you're don't come to the channel but yeah that was uh, and you never know the point is that you never know what car is going to get a lot of hits sometimes it's something that you think is very obvious and other times it's things that you say boy there was one car that i put on and i won't name it just because it's doing well on the channel so i don't want to <laughs> wreck it, it. yeah <laughs> but uh when i put that car on i was actually so concerned that i might lose subscribers i said <laughs> and, it, and it did and really it's not well. a pacer <laughs> it's not a pacer yeah. yet
2: yeah we'll, we'll
0: wait till we get the pacer and we'll throw that on when I find the right one with the right caretaker. Cool.
2: We'll be doing the uh, the My Car Story with Lou guessing game in the next episode of the Car Guys Report. And speaking of the next episode of the Car Guys Report, something that we touched on in this episode, we'll talk more about in-house heritage support from manufacturers. Just a fascinating topic, which I love. And we'll also talk a little bit more about uh, what Cadillac is doing with their V-Series v and uh, kind of uh, confusing all of us. They can't seem to make up their minds. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And see where that leads. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Shows.com. OPI is hippo, spelled backwards OPPIH Shows.com. You've been listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be Radio Misfits. Com.
0: The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other
3: great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions.
0: Tony, can you shut up?
1: This is Minutiaman with Rick and Dave. On this week's episode of Minutia Men, what causes a Chinese mother to have a heart attack? Mannequin sex trafficking. My Brush with columnist Robert Novak. Our celebrity interview with author Bill Page. That's all on this week's Minutiaman with Rick and Dave, an Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits.com. <laughs>
3: the Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits
1: Podcast Network. Radio Misfits.com. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. If you missed L- Losano an- L- Los or La. Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. Uh,
3: 140 frozen turkeys were stolen from an <laughs> Illinois market. Uh, I can't imagine stealing $2,000 worth of frozen turkeys. Maybe it's like the Thanksgiving Robin Hood.
2: <laughs> He's stealing <laughs> the He's turkeys to your, give to the It's, it's uh, hard right. enough
3: to handle one frozen turkey.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: Here's the Thanksgiving. Let's give Jesse White a plug right now. Oh, here. yeah. Our oh, guy. He Most people, I bet, in this room don't know this, of all the different things about him we don't know. Yeah. He will have collected and delivered ten thousand turkeys. Yeah. By Thanksgiving. Yeah. 80%. And personally direct it all himself. Personally direct it all. He'll be he'll start at five in the morning yeah. and end at ten at night. And he's done it for 25 years. I had him on my old TV show very early on. And, went, and we had him with the Jesse White tumblers. And I watched him. He set everything out, uh, up with the, the kids. He is always hands-on. He's always there. So I find him to be a, an amazing, amazing. man. He's very lovely. lively. While I'm talking, Jesse White called. <laughs> and he did. I showed you. Yeah. He was calling. I said, should I take it? He <laughs> so he just said that it's 50 years, 15,000 turkey stamps. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> Wow. And then he called just to make yeah. sure I said I can't talk. I'm on the radio. <laughs>
1: radio misfits. Get more. Lausano and friends. Losano. Now on Losano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called.
2: Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. We talk about high-end auto manufacturers offering restoration services in-house. Plus, Cadillac has trouble with the letter V. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Rick Kemper from
1: Manochamed. Join me on the Island of Radio Misfits holiday special. Coming this holiday season to opieshows.com.